Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we're going to talk today about motivation. We're going to, we've been back in the Gospel of Luke. Now we're back on our earth walk, except we're calling this section of our earth walk the teaching of Jesus Christ. So we're in chapters 12 through 19, which focus primarily on Jesus preparing his disciples for life in the real world. And so we're, we're looking today specifically at verses 4 through 12, and really what this is dealing with here is really the issue of what motivates you as a Christian, what motivates you as a believer in Jesus Christ. Now the problem is, let's be honest with ourselves, for most of us here, the motivation for you and I as believers is fear. Most of us, in how we act and how we respond in life, as we try to live out our faith, as we live out in the world around us, maybe even as you come in here, is that you are afraid of something. And most of the times, what we're afraid of is other people. We're afraid of men. Now, for some of you, you might say, well, I fear God. But I think if we examine ourselves, what motivates most of us in how we live our Christian life is we're afraid of men. We're afraid of what others will say. We're afraid of what others will do. In fact, the reality is, is that we live in a world of what ifs. So what do you mean by that, George? Whether you realize it or not, subconsciously, you are wrestling with thoughts. This is how you know that you're struggling with the fear of men, is that you are wrestling with thoughts, well, what if they say this? Or what if they do this? Or what if they think this? We live in a world of what ifs. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, let's be honest. There's a wrestling match that goes on with us throughout the week. Have you noticed that? I mean, it happens. It happens in your marriages. happens in your families. Spouses, think about this for a moment. How many of you have ever thought about this? Well, I really want to do this, but what if my spouse doesn't like that? Or, children, I really would like to do this, but what will mom and dad say? What if they find out, or what if they see me? And what happens is, is what's there is fear. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Fear is not a bad thing, but fear can become a bad thing. There is such thing as healthy fear that's good, but there is a sense in which fear is a bad thing. And this is what Jesus is going to be addressing with us today. He's trying to prepare his disciples. He's already talked to them about don't give in to the leaven of the Pharisees, which, which is what? Hypocrisy. Be real. Don't fake. But it's only natural that the next thing he talks about is, is don't be fearful of men. Why? Because that's what causes us to be hypocrites, isn't it? We're afraid of what other people will think about us. So I want you to notice what Jesus is saying here. And notice what he's saying here when we look at this whole issue of motivation in our life. Look with me at verse 4. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and afterwards that have no more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows 
sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. If anyone speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, do not worry about how you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Folks, here's what I want you to see here. We're going to take this passage. We're going to look, first of all, at what true fear is. What should be we truly fear? It's not the fear of men. We're going to see that in a moment. We're going to see what our value is to God. We're going to see the choice that we need to make. And then we're going to see the empowerment that we have. So first of all, let's talk about true fear. Look with me, verse 4. What's Jesus telling us here, first of all, in verse 4? I think he's saying this to you and I. Don't be afraid of men. Don't be afraid of men. Listen to me. Some of you here, I know I've been there, you are in circumstances and situations, and what dominates how you live your life and the decisions that you make is that you're afraid of someone. Some of you, it goes as far as your walk with God. God is very real to you. Jesus is somebody that you love with all of your heart. It just bubbles out of you, but then you enter into circumstances. Maybe it's the workplace, maybe it's the home, maybe it's with your friends. And you can't show that forth. You've got to hide it within you because you're afraid. You're afraid of how somebody's going to respond to your faith. You're afraid of how somebody's going to respond for your love to Jesus. Or that you want to change and do the right thing. It's real. Been there. You've been there. And here's what Jesus is saying. Don't be afraid of them. In fact, he goes to the extreme here, which is what these apostles would face. They could kill you and it still doesn't matter. Because you have me. You have the promise of eternal life. What more can they do to you even if they kill you, Jesus is saying. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid. See, here's what Jesus is saying. Don't be afraid of anybody. What can they do to you? If you have Jesus Christ, you have everything. So don't be afraid. What is he saying here? Who do I really need to fear then? Look at what he says there. Fear the one who will judge humanity. You really want to be afraid of somebody? Then you need to fear God. Look at what he describes there in verse 5. He says this. But I will show you whom you should fear. Jesus is saying if you really want to fear somebody, I'm going to show you who you really need to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, what? Has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. You really want to fear somebody, folks? If you're going to operate by fear, you really need to live your life in fear of the one who controls destinies. In fear of the one who controls humanity. The one who will judge ultimately. That's who we need to fear. We need to fear God. Not what somebody else is going to do. You understand? Think about that. Most of us, I'm included, live our lives in fear of others. But he's saying to us, don't be afraid of them. You as a believer need to fear the one who's God. 
See, that's what true fear is. Why? Why do I I need to, because here's what our value is. Look with me. He goes on and explains to us. Why do I need to fear him? Why do I not need to worry about him? Why do I need to fear God? Because you have value to God. Look at what he says here. This is what's so amazing. Look with me. Verse 6. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Here's what I want you to see. Even sparrows matter to God. What's Jesus talking about, first of all? In their culture, in that day, poor people, I mean, even poor people had to have meat. So what would they eat? They would go to the market, and for two insignificant little coins, two copper coins, that would be like pennies to us. You could go to the market and buy a sparrow to eat. You know, those little birds that are pests, that build the nest that you try to get rid of because they're making a big mess. Here's what he's saying. Even the sparrows that are sold in the market for food matter to God. Folks, wouldn't you matter to him? In fact, that's my next point here. Look with me. Here's what he's saying. Even the sparrows matter to God. Here's what I want you to see. Everything about you matters to God. Everything about you matters to God. Look at specifically what he's saying here. How do I know that? He said, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do you realize God knows how many hairs you have on your head? I like to say because I'm at that point in my life, he knows how many are falling out of mine. I see some of you have given up. You know, so you've just gone ahead. So God doesn't have to figure out that much about you anymore. But I mean, here's the thing. He, you matter to him. If something as, as insignificant as how many hairs are on my head, God knows about. Don't you think he knows everything about your life, what motivates you? Don't you know? think he knows what is bothering you? Don't you think he knows what you're in fear of? He knows it. And we all have our fears, don't we? And the reality is, is that if he's concerned about sparrows, how much more is he concerned about you? How much more is he concerned about you? So really the reality is is that Jesus is saying, look, don't be afraid of men. Fear God. And here as you're fearing God, I want you to understand something. You have value to God. Now what does that mean? Because that's ultimately going to come out in what motivates you in this life. What motivates you, folks? Is it the fear of men or is it the fear of God? And how that's expressed is what you communicate about Jesus in your life every day. Because notice what he says now. He's going to talk about the choice that we have to make. And here's the choice, folks. We have a choice to make concerning what we communicate about our belief and our faith in Jesus Christ on an everyday basis. And so here's what he says. Look with me. Verse 8. Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. Here's what I want you to see. Acknowledging Jesus results in recognition. Acknowledging Jesus in your life results in recognition. Recognition? What do you mean recognition? One day, folks, we know this from the Scripture, you and I are going to dwell in the new, new Jerusalem. We're going to dwell in the new heaven with Christ. And one of the things is, is that we're even told that you as a believer in Jesus Christ are going to be given authority where you're going to judge the angels yourself. And here's what he's saying. In that day when you're there, if you don't acknowledge him here now, he's not going to recognize you later. Think about that. Most of us live undercover as far as our faith. We're 007. We're secret agent Christians. 
The only time we let anybody know that we're, we believe in Jesus is when we tell them we go to church. But the rest of the week, we're so afraid of what others are going to think, we don't live our lives in any way to express our faith in Christ. Because why? We're worried about what other people are thinking right now. How short-sighted are we? When you think about your life right now, the average lifespan is 70, 80. It's getting to be 90. But then you compare that with eternity forever. What's more important? Whether I have the recognition and the acknowledgement of men now or whether or not I'm acknowledged later on. This is what he's saying. Acknowledging Jesus right now results in recognition. Here's the opposite. Look with me at verse, verse 9 and 10. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And if anyone speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Here's what I want you to see. Denying Jesus results in rejection. Denying Jesus in your life before others results in rejection. Results in rejection. In fact, let me. I need to stop for a moment. Just as a side note here, some of you will look at verse 10 and you'll be afraid of verse 10 because you notice there, he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. This is commonly known as the unpardonable sin. And some of you, I've heard, I've talked with some of you and you wonder sometimes, have I committed the unpardonable sin? Well, let me explain to you what the unpardonable sin is from the New Testament. The unpardonable or unforgivable sin in the New Testament is the rejection of God. Because when he says here, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, he's talking about the Pharisees from the other Gospels. He's talking about the Pharisees attributing the works of the Holy Spirit to the works of the devil. That's basically rejection, rejecting God's Spirit. Rejecting God. That cannot be forgiven. Rejection of God cannot be forgiven, folks. Rejection of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, cannot be forgiven. That's what he's saying here. So the whole point is, is that if you deny Jesus in your life, that results in rejection. That results in rejection. So he's okay. I'm not supposed to be afraid of man. I'm supposed to fear God because I have value of God and I've got this choice to make. And the choice I've got to make is, do I acknowledge Him and how I live my life day by day and so that others see that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ? Or the other choice is, do I deny Him? Because I'm afraid of others. I don't want to be like that, George. I want to acknowledge Him. But here's the scoop. Here's the bottom line. I don't know how to do that because if I start living my life for Jesus, people are going to ask questions. How am I going to answer them? Because I'm not like you, George. I don't have as many degrees as you have. I don't have the knowledge. I just can't answer questions when people throw... I mean, what if they ask me, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? How do I answer that? First of all, they're not going to ask you that. You didn't even think of that before I said that, Okay. But here's the reality. You're sitting there and you're saying, well, if I start living my life for Jesus, and let me just stop for a moment. When I say live your life for Jesus, do not picture that all of a sudden you've got to walk around with one of those family Bibles off the coffee table, you know, those big things that weigh you down, and carry that with you everywhere, and bang people over the head. I'm not talking about being a Bible thumper. I'm talking about that the love of Jesus flows out of you. And you're not afraid of it flowing out of you. 
That your love for God flows out of you and it guides your decisions every day. And yes, that's going to raise questions. Yes, that's going to raise people asking you things. Asking you, why do you believe that? Why do you live that way? Here's what I want you to see. You don't need to be afraid of that. You don't need to look there and say, well, uh, uh, come to church, ask George that question. Better yet, let's call him. I don't got the time. Here's what I want you to see. You don't need to worry because you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says. Look with me, verse 11 through 12. Now when they bring you to synagogues and the magistrates and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. First thing I want you to see is, don't worry about what you'll say. Don't worry about what you will say to them. Don't worry about answering. Here he's specifically saying to the the apostles, look, even if they drag you before the synagogues, before the magistrates, before the authorities, that I mean, they're facing some tough situations probably where people are going to be condemning them and how they respond may affect whether or not they live or not. Thankfully, we're not in that type of situation, are we? But the fact of the matter is, is that opportunities are going to arise, and notice I said opportunities, where people that you come in contact with, which you work with, that are your family with, and when they see you making that decision to live for Christ in your life, they're going to ask questions. Why do you believe that? How do you answer this question? And some of you will clam up because you're afraid. Again, you're afraid of men, right? Here's what Jesus is saying. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you'll say. Don't worry about it. Why? Look with me at verse 12. Very clearly, here's what he says. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Here's what I want you to see. Here's the point. The Spirit will guide your testimony. See, if you're making that conscious decision that I'm going to fear God because I matter to Him. I'm no longer going to be dominated by being afraid of what others are thinking or what others will do to me because I believe in Jesus. And you make that choice that I'm going to acknowledge Jesus with my life. And again, I am not talking that you walk around with with a t-shirt on that says, Jesus is my Lord, you better get right or you're going to hell. I'm not saying that. Turn or burn. You ever seen those ones? Here's what I want you to see. I'm not saying that's living out your Christian life, but you live out your life day by day, the faith that you have in Him. It guides you through your life. That's going to raise questions with people. People might even be antagonistic towards that. And you're going to be afraid, well, how do I answer them? What do I say? Don't worry about it. Because the Holy Spirit in that moment will give you the words to say. I'll never forget it. It was back when I pastored in Canada. We had a men's breakfast back then. That was, a, that was something they loved to do. The Canadians loved to eat. And so once a month we would have a men's breakfast. And the church we pastored was in a little town that was a base town. Right next to it was a military base. So we had our breakfast on the base. And so we had a couple of guys in our in our uh, in our church that were part of the Canadian military, and so they invited their buddies from work. And so this one guy there, he was a corporal. Well, now this corporal was there, and and he was very antagonistic about Christianity. 
So I'm sitting there, I'm across from him having a conversation with him. We're talking about nothing. And then this guy says, I love Star Trek. In fact, he said this, I think Star Trek is reflective of where humanity is going. We're all going to get perfect, we're all going to do well, and all the injustice is going to end. So I looked at him and I said, after I woofed down my eggs and bacon, I said to him, I disagree with you. He said, I, I actually believe, I said, that humanity is actually going to get worse. Oh! And I could tell he was getting ready for me to quote the Bible to him because he knew I was a pastor. So then I said, I said, I think Star Trek is a pipe dream. I mean, I like Star Trek too, but I think it's a pipe dream. Here's why. I said, for instance, I said, I'm half German. I said, if you know anything from history, you know that at the beginning of the 20th century, Germany was at its height of enlightenment. There was no greater philosophers in the world than those who came out of Germany. Germany was at the height of intellectualism and so forth. But did you notice what happened to Germany? In spite of all of their intellectualism, in spite of all of their industrialness, in spite of all of, all of their education, during the 30s and the 40s they were reduced to barbarianism and they killed 6 million Jews. And all of that came out of their intellectualism. I said... Mankind doesn't get better. At its heart, it gets worse. Now, where did I think that up? I'm going to tell you. Ask my wife. I don't talk like that. But here's what I did, folks. I caused him to think. He was expecting me to immediately respond to him with what? the Bible, and he could immediately say, forget it. But what I did was, is I took a piece of history and showed him the depravity of man. I'm telling you, you don't need to be afraid. You just need to live your life out. And when the opportunity comes where you need to say something, don't be worried about what you need to say. Some of you are like me. I, I'm like this. I, I'm a planner. I'm an intel analyzer. I plan for everything. So when I enter into meetings, I think about every possible thing that could possibly come up, and I already got an answer. And there are different answers ready to answer a question. That's because I'm, in, I'm, I'm into that. And here's what I've got to tell myself. Those questions are never asked. Quit wasting your time thinking about it. But for some of you, you're not like that. You're like, how do I respond? Don't worry. Live your life and let God show you how to answer. This is what he's saying here. This is what he's saying. He will empower you. But here's the problem. So many of us live in fear, don't we? We want others to know that we believe in Jesus, but we're afraid. We're afraid of telling them. Is that you? What will they say? How will they respond? Will they accept me? Blah, blah, blah. And, and some of it, I'll be honest with you, some of it you don't want them to know because you look on the news and you see what, quote, Christians are doing and saying, and you're like, well, I don't believe that. I mean, if I tell people... No, no, you know what, maybe we need to change our lingo a little bit. Maybe instead of calling yourself a Christian, maybe you need to call yourself a Christ follower. 
to understand you're a follower of Jesus Christ. But the reality is, is you need to acknowledge it. So how do we wrap this up? I'm going to give you two thoughts and an action point this week. Here's the first one. Here's the question for you. As you look at you, little OU in Clearfield County, this week, what motivates you? What motivates you? What motivates you when you're with your friends? What motivates you when you're with family? What motivates you tomorrow when you go to work? What motivates you? Is it the fear of men? You know you're a believer in Jesus, but something's motivating you whether or not you express that or not. What motivates you? Are you afraid of what others are saying or what others will do? Or are you afraid of God? And I can't think of a better person to be afraid of than somebody who every aspect of me matters to him. You know what I mean? What motivates you? Some of you have never thought about that. You just live in default, and the default that you live into is the fear of men. Some of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean, this happens in my home, you know, whenever I get with family, my family. I immediately, Lori will notice, you're acting different with your family. Because I'm afraid of my family. Because I look at it not as a 46-year-old, I look at it as a 10-year-old. Some of you are doing the same thing. You live your life by fears. What motivates you? And you default, default continually to the behavior where you are living your life in the fear of men. You need to fear God. Which brings me to my next point. Live for Jesus. Is He who He says He is to you? Is He Lord? Have you been saved? Have you trusted in Him? Are you trusting in Him alone for your salvation? Then live for Him. Don't be afraid of what somebody else is going to say. What can they do to you? Well, you make life pretty miserable. It's only for the moment. It's only for the moment. Live for Him. That's what's more important than anything. And again, I'm not talking about you're going to go over to Aldi's and look for a big giant Bible. Aldi's is a grocery store. Ollie's, okay? You're not going to go to Ollie's and carry that around. That's not carry a big backpack with you at work. What you got in there? My Bible. No, that's not living for Him. Living for Him is living your life guided by Him. Live for Him. So how do we do that? Well, here's what you need to do. Here's your action point for this week. Here's what you need to do. Do not allow the fear of men to guide you. Just try that this week. Don't allow the fear of others to guide you in your life this week, in your decision-making process, in your actions, in your thoughts. Don't allow it. Say, God, I'm not going to allow what so-and-so says to guide me anymore. I'm going to allow you to guide me. Make that decision. It's got to be a decision. You've got to make the choice first before you have the power to complete the choice. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to have to make the choice before you have the power to complete the choice. 
So some of you need to do that. Some of you need to not allow the fear of men to guide you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.